Hello. Hey, brother. How are you? Hey, hey, I'm well. How are you? Yeah, good, man. Thanks for joining us on the show. Good to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Well, man, i got to say, uh, Retaliators is wild, man. Like, I saw it the other night, and it's such a fucking incredible movie, man. Like, it really took me by surprise. And uh, you're not only the star of the movie, but you also produce it as well. So take us back. How did you get involved with the project to begin with? Oh, man, it's a crazy long story. First, thanks for your kind words about it. Um, you know, what happened was I used to... Uh, I used to have a record deal in uh, uh, a band back in 2010-ish, 2009, 10, 11, 12 in there. And there was a record label called MySpace Records. And uh, I used to have, a, a, like I said, a band. And my manager at the time used to send me to uh, – I, I, uh, I'm an East Coast guy. I live in New York City, but I used to spend a lot of time in L.A. as well. Yeah. And he used yeah. to be like, you got to go meet these guys, the gear brothers and go write music with these guys. You're going to love them. They're incredible. So I'd drive from LA down to Southern California, a couple hour drive. And I'd meet with, uh, with Darren gear and we started writing together and I just loved his, we really just hit it off. Our, our tastes were really aligned creatively <laughs> and just in all manners. And we really enjoyed writing. And anyway, um, some years had passed and I hadn't talked to him for a while. And I was performing one of the songs we had written, When Heaven and Hell Collide, was the name of the song. And I was doing a charity event and I had to drop it like a half step, but it was already in drop D, which is kind of muddy anyway. So I'm like, I better touch base with Darren and just see if, how this will sound, if it'll work. And because uh, I didn't have my real band, it was just a house band for this charity. And I was going to open it with that song. And I said, Darren, what have you been up to? We hadn't spoken in probably five years. It had been some time. I was on the East Coast for a while. We both have kids busy. And he said, oh, man, me and my brother have been writing screenplays. And I said, send them to me because I knew how completely talented, you know, he was and how sick. And it was the retaliators. I read it. And within three days, I was on a plane out to L.A. And I'm like, we got to make this thing, man. That's incredible, dude. It's funny how the universe works like that, huh? <laughs> Isn't it? And then get this. You want to hear how serendipitous this is? This is crazy. So the label behind the movie is called Better Noise Music. And we now have Better Noise Films. It's a huge rock label. They have Motley Crue, Five Finger Death Punch, you know, Papa Roach, all, Ice Nine Kills, all these incredible bands they manage and also uh, our, our label. Alan Kovac is the head of that label. He's now the chairman. He was the CEO. He's the founder. He just stepped down uh, recently. Anyway, I know him. And he was at the charity that I performed that song that I eventually went oh. on to do. And we had been friends. And, you know, uh, he said to me, Michael, you know, we got to do something someday. You know, he just he, he, he liked me and I liked him. And, you know, I was on a television show for a long time. So we're, we live in the same community and we had the same interests. And as I said, he was at that charity and we went to dinner after it and we even got closer. And then I said, well, you know, 
you know, a couple of weeks after that I'd gotten back from LA with the script and meeting Darren, I go, Hey, I got this script and you want to know it's crazy. I think it lends itself beautifully to heavy rock metal, you know, metal and horror go together, but check it out. Sent him the script. He loved it. And he goes, let's do it. This all happened in, from that sort of charity event and crazy. reuniting with Darren. Isn't it crazy? That is nuts, man. See, Man, and I, I got to tell you, man, as I said, um, the movie's so unique. Like, I, I saw the trailers uh, a while back, and I was like, this looks interesting, but I wasn't prepared for where it was going to take me. And I think that's why I liked it so much. And the mashing of genres was – and the kills. Man, the kills are really creative too, which is something you don't really get these days. Um, You know, it's given a wide release now. It's getting out there, especially in time for Halloween. Uh, How – you know – have you been noticing it's starting to get a bit of a cult following? Yeah, you know, uh, here's the thing, though, to, to your point, you know, they're all the effects are practical, too, which you have to love. You know, we oh, did them man. all there on set. Yeah, there's no, you know, CGI or nothing was done in post. We did them. And uh, I think the thing about the music angle is, you know, I had access to all these incredible musicians. But the thing my goal was to make this a film first. I think it has an interesting story behind it and an interesting narrative. And I felt, you know, and it's a slow burn and then it gets for, you know, without mentioning sort of the master's name lightly, a Tarantino-esque, you know, yeah. ending, crazy flip, you know, shit goes down and it gets brutal. And, you know, I loved all those things in the script. So when Alan said, hey, Give Jacoby a call, you know, from Papa Roach. Give Tommy Lee, deal with, work with the guys with Five Finger. I very carefully wanted to pick the roles for them and work with them. So when they came on and shot and you as a spectator or audience member watched the movie, you would think it was a, a an actor and then find out, whoa, that that's Ivan Moody, the lead singer, or Zoltan Bathory, the guitar yep. player, or Chris Kale from Five Finger. Holy shit. Or that's Jacoby Shaddix. Cause, and I felt like the musicians were so good. They killed it in their roles, you know? I forgot that who they were. Like, yeah, that they was the got point. so carried up in the, in the story that I wasn't really... Like, at first, you're like, oh, there's, yeah, there's Jacoby. But then... Yeah. As it went along, like I wasn't paying attention to who they were, just the story. And at the heart of the story, really, um, it, 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 for what I got from it, it's about grief and, and a father and how far parents will go for their kids, man. You know, that's right. You know, it, it's a fictional story, but as a father myself, it, it was pretty heartbreaking to watch that, that first part of it, man. Like it really kind of unnerved me. Uh, I, I can't think of anything worse, you know. It, you know, take yourself to that place playing John. I could imagine that would have been a really difficult process, brother. Yeah, well, you know what? Um, I, I wanted to tell you two things. One is you asked if the film is catching on. And I think, you know, yeah, to a certain degree, we have a nice following. And I think this film's not for everybody, that's for sure. But no good movie is, right? And the subject matter of this isn't an easy one. So I want to get into that. I think that, you know, my hope is that this finds its audience, which it is doing. There's certainly people are seeing it and those who who get it absolutely seem to love it. And they get all the little winks at the 80s and the way it, sometimes it doesn't take itself too seriously. But yet we touch upon this very uh, important, uh, uh, twisted uh 
uh, heart-wrenching subject matter, right? Of, you know, what would you do if you had a minute alone with the person who harmed your loved one, right? Like, would you, if you had that minute, would you really be able to take revenge? Like, you know, you're looking this human being in the eye. And, you know, I think half the audience can say yes. The other half maybe is riding the line, right? They want to, but until you're really put in that situation to actually hurt somebody, I think it's a, it's a pretty, um, provocative subject matter and one that would take it, it took a lot to go there actually it's one thing to watch it from your seat but it's kind of interesting to really test yourself on that you know absolutely man and i really liked the character of john bush i i believe that you know he he's a good man whose faith is fully tested and he's driven off the off the deep end given that moral dilemma you know it's yeah uh, it's it's and you played it so incredible, man, like incredibly, like you did such a great job that, you know, you sold it. <laughs> you sold Thanks, it. man. Yeah. Hey, you want to know something crazy, man? I want to hear that. Do you know, again, like, I don't know how much time we have, but I got to tell you this. The, uh, the story is actually, uh, it's not a true story that is used in the retaliators, but the, uh, the the motivation to write the script mm. something really happened to the gear brothers like there's it's it, this was a form of therapy um and i and i i mean i would love to share the story with you if you have another five Absol minutes oh man but, we've got another 10 minutes okay so, yeah, right. so got this. you ready this is so twisted bro um so darren and jeff uh gear they have a little sister uh, her name is Jody. So now she's 30 something years old. But when she was 18 years old, she was walking home from a party. So this is about 18 years ago. She's walking home from a party in Northern California. And uh, it was about midnight. She was with a bunch of her girlfriends. They were at one house and they decided to go to another house. And she took like a different path. And, uh, she said she's walking. She was by herself. And all of a sudden, she felt over her like someone jogging behind her. And she was like, this is so strange. Someone's jogging at this hour. And before she knew it, boom, she was tackled down a ravine. And she ended up being, she said it was literally like as if you're looking out your window right now and you see a dragon, like you can't even believe this is happening to you, right? She was brutally raped and beaten. And uh, the guy ended up putting a belt around her neck and trying to murder her and thought he did. And he walked and, and went away and she laid there until she knew he was gone. She got up, she crawled up the ravine and onto the freeway and hailed a car and they took her to the hospital. You know, she did all the rape tests she went through. She said she looked in the mirror and she couldn't even believe what she, she was beaten to a pulp. And uh, her, 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 her dad had to come and, and, and her mom and, you know, pick her up. And after she, you know, that, that night, but I, I don't know if she ended up going home that night or whatever it was, but they had to see her like this and, uh, they didn't get the guy for many years. And, uh, 
about five years ago, so this is, you know, 12, 13 years after, there was a woman in a taxi cab in Northern California. And this guy pulled into like a desolate sort of area and tried to rape the woman. She got away. She went to the police. She brought him back and they scoured the area and they found like a used condom and they took it and they tested the DNA and it matched Jody gears from all those years ago. And they got the guy. So now her dad and, and Darren couldn't even go the writer of, of this and his brother, but they have, they have like four, uh, he has three sisters, four brothers. It's a big family, Jody. So, All these years. So now he had to go to court, the dad, and sit through this. And there was one guy uh, in the jury who didn't believe that this would, the murder part with the belt, because Mm -hmm. otherwise it would just be rape. So they, it took a long time to get him. So the point that I'm making is Darren and his brother said, you know, what if there was a justice system where we could just have one minute alone with this guy? You know, like you go into a room. And then all this other stuff, because there's so much red tape and things. And they saw what their dad was going through and how this broke their family for years. Mm. And for therapy, they started writing The Retaliators. Oh, man. I, that's an awful story. Uh, I, it's, that's, that's horrific. But, um, oh, but, hey, man, thanks for sharing that with me. Hey, like. Well, you wow. know why? She oh, want to hear what. But listen, here's the thing. It's a good ending. And Jody openly talks about this story. And so do the Gear Brothers, because it's the inspiration of this movie that others can know, go. And also, you know, it's entertainment, this film, obviously. But that whole concept of what would you do if you had a minute alone? And let me tell you this. This is the craziest part of everything. Ready? Jody was a probationary firefighter. When that happened, she was uh, she was wow. in firefighting school. She was 18 years old. Now, this is crazy. Darren and I didn't even know this. Posted all her favorite television show was a show called Rescue Me. Oh, it was about oh. dude. It was a show about New York City firefighters. Yes. In which I played the probie, the rookie fights, the probationary That's firefighter, right. which which she was. So that show was part of her therapy at me because all it's about firefighters who've had they have their real life human beings who have yes. issues and stress and deal, but yet they still go do their job and save people right on a daily basis. So that show, it made her laugh. It made her cry. It helped her. Now, the craziest part of this is here I am starring in a film mm. that about firefighters that she loved. And here's the beauty when I told you there's redeeming qualities. She is now, all these years later, one of the very few female firefighter captains in America. So she has become something incredible. And she shares her story with other victims and she openly talks about all this. So I know it's a heavy story, but it's one worth sharing because life is heavy, right? We all have our ups and downs and our challenges. And I just thought the movie sends such a strong message because it's written in truth. You know, even though it's not that particular story, 
it poses that question and it puts the character in those in that situation. And that's the kind of stuff that I was able to chew on as an actor and producer. And, and even when I, I, you know, I directed a lot of the film, too. So it was just in the truth is the answer, you know, and hopefully people get to go on a roller coaster ride from watching this movie because it's packed with all this intention behind it, you know? Oh, man, that gives it so much more depth. <laughs> oh, Doesn't it, dude? Holy I told shit, you. Do dude. you have a minute? Because it's—I oh, don't even know man. if you followed me because there was so much, man. But it's crazy, yeah. right? No, no, no. I followed every word, and it's incredible. And that bit about um, rescue me, like that—that that, yeah. uh, man, that's incredible, that's dude. How about man. that? Like that's... she. And by the way, when Darren and I, you know, when we used to write music, and I told he. See, he has like literally has like four sisters. They're all over and three brothers and they're all close. But they so they didn't even he didn't even realize Rescue Me was her favorite show till all till after I was cast in the movie and we were making this happen and I was doing the film. Then I finally got to meet her and she came to the screening. We opened Screen Fest in Los Angeles. It's, you know, arguably one of the top mm. uh, horror film festivals. And she was there. So we got to hug and talk about all this. So it was so special. Uh, she's literally a female captain firefighter now you know and by the way i did that show rescue me i did a hundred episodes of that television show i was on it for a long time so wow. i met a lot of firemen and you know uh dennis leary who's the star of the show has the leary firefighter foundation which gives to you know firefighters all over the world and he was the second i believe charity in the world to give a million dollars to the widows of the 343 guys who died in 9-11 and he does a lot for firefighters so it was just the crazy way that sort of that story and the motivation of the film and jody's story was tied in i got to act and produce and direct this thing you know that's unreal and you know what dennis leary is one of my heroes so no way i i love dennis leary since i was a young lad yeah he's, he's yeah he's awesome oh man that would have been incredible what a Amazing fucking ride, dude. I, I'm, I'm going to again with it under a different sort of vision. Well, now. you know, when those guys wrote that, and of course, like they love like the Spielbergian beginning, small town, you know, yeah. it's kind of like E.T. or, you know, ha we put all these nuggets in there. The movie touches upon a lot of our our influences and things growing up as kids. And again, it's all about entertainment and fun. I'm not trying to put this heavy, but the, the main character is posed with that question. And if you think about it, like you said, oh, man, I have a kid. You can imagine anything happening to your kid. What would you do? So mm. amongst this like fun, crazy, twisted journey, it does pose, you know, at least there's something to talk about afterward, too. You know, absolutely. Like, absolutely. That's what I've been talking about. Like, you're going to be talking to my buddy, Chris Peters today. And we were talking about that last night. So, um, oh, sweet. Yeah, he's a great dude, man. Yeah, but yeah, we both love the movie. And of course, uh, before we go, I did want to touch up on the soundtrack because the soundtrack yeah. is also fucking killer. Um, and it it's it's a rare thing these days. I mean, back when I I don't know about you, man, but when I was growing up, I discovered a lot of bands from those soundtracks, like Demon Knight, The Crow, a yeah. Hero. Man, all of those ones, you know what I mean? So these days... Well, we talked about that. We wanted it because, you know, like I said, the movie has the wink at the 80s, and now we have this sick soundtrack. Even, like, The Breakfast Club. Remember those? Like yeah. like you said, The Crow, too. Like, ah, uh, dude, we talked about all those movies, and you got to see the vinyl for this thing is incredible because the late it's this throwback. Oh, 
Dude, did you know that the the Stranger Things guys, Kyle Dixon and Michael yeah. Stein, scored the movie? So to give it more of that sort of 80s synthy thing, you know, laid in there and in, in some of those incredible moments, um, uh, we have that. But yeah, the, the, the fucking albums, the vinyl, so sick, like double poster. It's got like blood splat and it's just really fun and cool, you know? I'm going to have to get my hands on a copy. I, dude, I've, I gotta I've send you it. one, man. Oh, dude, I'd yeah. love to, like, man, because I'm a big vinyl dude. Are you a big vinyl dude? Yeah, no. send me your info. I'll, I'll get you one. Oh, that'd be unreal. Thank you, man. Thank you. Um, yeah, of course. But man, uh, uh, of course, uh, the next thing I was going to ask is, you know, with this this uh, uh movie being such a success out there and on uh, on demand, and everyone's getting it in their in their screens. Do you think we're gonna see a sequel? Well, here's the thing, you know the we we have one like uh, 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 it's not scripted but it's in our heads like the gear brothers have you know thrown so much around and, and we do that like we just have fun like these guys are amazing writers and we just we just riff all the time about different ideas and you know we have a couple other movies but they've got a whole journey where this where this can go in a, in, a, in a sequel so uh we hope that we're able to do that. I think that, as I told you, um, the movie's doing pretty well and it's got some wonderful reviews. So that enables you as a filmmaker to hopefully go and do another one, you know, because there's a whole, this dude, it's so hard making a movie, man. So fucking hard. And I say that just because, you know, getting your vision, like someone might not understand, oh, it doesn't take itself too seriously here, but yet it's on this serious subject, but then here's a song and here... So to, to, to have your backers get all this, you have to fight for every moment, you know, in your vision. And then it, it, it it's one thing to have the script. Then you got to get on the location and, oh, this person didn't show up. You lost that. Oh, this ego is in the way. So the scene doesn't always turn out how you want it to. And things just change. And then, of course, in the edit, you have a different movie and you have a lot of different people putting their influence in or, or their ideas. So you have to really, really love what you're doing and go like any thing 150 percent to bring it across the finish line but i guess what i'm getting at hopefully the movie does well it catches on and but i will say that there can be it looks promising because those who get it like you so thank you get all the things of we are trying to put in you know to make it what it was and the the crazy ride as i said with a you know all the all the little the the, the uh, ingredients in the soup there they get it so i think that's a positive you know in terms of getting another one made so that's that's our and look at the end of the day we want to make the movie we want to make and hope other people like it because like i said to you i think it's in the truth of what you're trying you can only sort of write what you know or make what you know mm. and hopefully other people relate to it you know Absolutely, man. And I'm here for it. I'm here for the ride and whatever you guys thank do. You, man. I, uh... Thank you so much, man. And, and thank you for your time. You know, I, I'd love to do this again with you on camera. Um, I apologize about our distance. Uh, that's uh -huh. it's it's man. It's been crazy because I'm actually uh, I part. I, what's cool is I was telling you about this story of with the label and stuff. So what's been really nice. Um, I've been able, fortunate enough to be directing some music videos and you know, uh, the musical background along with my film has really helped me. So I've been enjoying, uh, 
the process a lot. It's helped me creatively. I think the two go together and they always have, you know, like as an actor, if I was sort of preparing for a scene, there might be a certain song I'd listen. You know, there's songs that lift you up. There's songs that knock you down. There's songs that make you, you know, so it's a, it's such a nice mix and I'm so fortunate to be doing it. And the fact that this movie has both is incredible, you know? 100% 100% agree, man. And I would like to do this again. We can go on a deep, man, if you, how, how much time you actually got. Because we could go down on a deep dive, brother, on all yeah. that stuff. I would absolutely love to. But uh, Thank you, man, so much. Yeah, yeah, I would too, you know, and uh, I appreciate your time. And as you can see, I can go deep on this shit. I love it, man. You know, it's so it's so fun. And, and I appreciate that you liked the movie. That means a lot to me. It, it's been something that's been very personal. And, uh, you know, you say, hey, let's do this. Three years later, you got a movie and you're like, wow, someone else likes it. You know, it's 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 yeah. a nice feeling. So thanks. All about it. All about it, brother. But in the meantime, I'm going to have all the links in the show notes and on the website. Michael, take care. Have a great day or night, whatever it is over there. And uh, we'll do this again very soon. Okay. Thanks so much, man. Be great. So let's talk soon. Take care, brother. See you. Take care. See you, brother.